Hello, friends, and welcome to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. We're your hosts, Carrie and Becky Holton. You know, as our longtime listeners know, this podcast and the Effective Church Leaders Ministry exist to provide support for church and ministry leaders. Right, honey? That's absolutely true. We want to help leaders become more effective leaders of God's people and for the health and growth of his church, because ultimately that is our concern, the health and growth of churches, wouldn't you say? That's so right. And this podcast is devoted to answering some of the questions that church and ministry leaders have. And don't they have many questions? Yes. 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 Lots of interesting. Right. Well, you know, one of the questions we received not too long ago had to do with whether or not Christians ought to carry and conceal guns in the church's worship assemblies. Yes, we we get a lot of different kinds of questions, although that's not one we're going to address today. No, no, we're not. What we do want to do today is begin our series on elders. And specifically, we want to begin to answer the question, what is the role of elders? Right, and this is a question we often get from those who are new to this role and from those in the pews who are wondering about the work of elders. So let's get this started up. What do you say? And of course, when we start, we want to go to scriptures, of course, for the answer to this question about role of elders. And I guess if we were more precise, the question we are trying to answer is, what was the role of elders during the first century? Of course, we will turn to the New Testament scriptures to answer this question. Right. And actually embedded in this question and its answer is an assumption. And that assumption is that elders today should emulate or try to imitate those who who were the first elders in the early church. And we affirm that assumption, don't we? We absolutely do. We are all for looking to the Bible for guidelines on what we should believe and practice today. And that would certainly include the way those early churches were organized and led. So we do have very much an interest in imitating the in the elders of those early churches. Almost didn't get that out, did I? Almost. <laughs> so let's make this as simple as we can. What do you say? What would you say should be the role of elders today, informed, of course, by what the role of elders was in the first century churches? What would you say is their responsibility? Good. Well, we're going to generalize here. We will get more specific as we go deeper into this series, but we would say that the overall general responsibility of elders today is to provide spiritual oversight. They have the God-given responsibility of spiritual oversight. And the reason we are starting with this general truth is because the New Testament elders, well, they were also called overseers. Mm -hmm. Here is Acts 20. In this text, Paul is on his way to Jerusalem, but he stops in Miletus and sends for the elders of the church in Ephesus to meet him there. And after they do, he charges them to keep watch over yourselves and over all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. That's Acts 20 and verse 28. Right, and we find the same description in First Peter 5, where Peter addresses his fellow elders and urges them to tend the flock of God that is in your charge, exercising the oversight, verse 2. So elders are to be overseers, but 
Let's define what is an overseer and what does it mean to provide spiritual insight? I think it might be helpful to break that down a little more. Good question. Well, some of our listeners may turn me off just here, but I do think it would be helpful to consider a little Greek. Oh, no. Yeah. You know the language in which the New Testament was originally written. It's all Greek to me, honey. (laughs) Well, the word that is translated overseer or bishop in some of the older English translations is the Greek word episkopos. So, ask me for the definition of episkopos. Do I have to? (laughs) No, you you don't. It was a rhetorical question. Okay. Just a rhetorical question. What is the definition of escopeliosis? Goodness. Spondylite. According to the Greek lexicon, an episkopos is someone who looks after or cares for another. Hmm. So, an overseer is someone who accepts responsibility for the care of someone. Now, wasn't that worth your time? That's an excellent definition, and very few of us know Greek, including me, and I think that's really helpful to hear the definition from the original language of what an overseer is. And as you were giving that definition, I was thinking about parents and their children, and maybe it'd be helpful to think of parents and their children with some limits here. Parents are certainly the overseers of their children. They're the ones who have or should have accepted the care of their children. They have the responsibility of of caring for them, looking after them, teaching them, helping them to grow into adulthood. And I like this metaphor for God's elders. They're sort of in the role of parents of God's children. They guard, protect, and watch over God's children. Now, I do think our listeners need to hear us say that there are limits to this. There's no need to parentify a relationship. We're not talking about treating church members like children. We're talking about principles that guide parental interaction with those that they love, and that's guarding, protecting, and watching over yeah. of their children. I like that, and, and I, I agree with you. I think in many ways elders should see themselves as parents of God's children. Spiritual parents. Sure, sure. They've got limits of where mm-hmm. they can oh, yeah. They can go with that. And immediately, you know, when we think about that metaphor, we can see that the role of an episkopos or overseer is what? It's much larger than we may have thought. If the role of an overseer is to care for God's children, that's a much bigger responsibility than simply making decisions that need to be made in behalf of the church. Well said. And and by the way, I'm not knocking their decision-making role. That is certainly part of what it means to oversee someone or something. I just want us to see at the outset that New Testament elders did much more than make decisions for the church. They were given the responsibility of caring for God's people. That's what an overseer does. That's what an episkopos does. Well, I want to chime in on what you just said. I think many in the church tend to see elders as merely church managers, and often that translates into being business managers, that elders are those who manage the business of the church, and as A result of this thinking, some, I think, tend to look to those who have been successful in the business world as the quote-unquote best elders. 
In the scriptures, to my knowledge, there is no mention that elders are to be successful businessmen or have managerial experience except in their own families. Were we to look at passages like 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, you know, it becomes very apparent that the early church was not looking for men to make decisions about finances. There's no qualifications there regarding handling finances. Maybe we will say more about the biblical qualifications of elders later, but I just want to underscore what you said about the importance of their role as those who care for God's children watching over with limits. Good. Okay. All right. Providing spiritual oversight. That's their general responsibility. Did that, did that little rabbit trail make sense? Yeah, sure. Sure it did. Yeah. In our opinion, uh, after studying mm-hmm. the New Testament, that's their general responsibility. And to provide oversight, it means to care for someone, to look after someone. And again, that's a very general responsibility, but I think we probably need to get more specific, don't you? Yeah, I do too. And what would you say are some more specific duties of an overseer or an elder? Okay. Well, I think the first more specific duty that we could mention, and by the way, this is not in any order of importance, is to make decisions or to make judgments, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about the backstory of the term elder, aren't we? Right. Elders in the New Testament were older men. They were men with years of life and spiritual experience, and hopefully with more years under their belt, they were they were men of sound judgment, men of wisdom. The backstory of New Testament elders goes all the way back to the backstory of the Old Testament. The Jews of ancient Israel had elders too, and these were those who sat at the city gate and made decisions on the issues of the day. People would come to them and they'd bring a question or an issue to the elders at the gate and ask them to offer their counsel, their advice. There you go. And of course, we see elders in their decision-making role in the early first century churches, don't we? Yes. I'm thinking of the decision made by the apostles and the elders and with the consent of the entire church in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15, the question was whether or not the Gentile Christians had to be circumcised to be saved. And the text tells us that the apostles and elders met to consider the matter. Acts 15 and verse 6. I do think it is interesting that the whole church was involved in this decision. The Jerusalem elders were involved in making that very important decision, but the whole church was involved too. Acts 15, verse 22 brings that out. And I mention that because I I do feel there may be some elders who take too much decision-making authority. Sometimes the church abdicates their role and asks their elders to make all the decisions, and then sometimes there are elders who feel like they are the ones who should make most of the decisions. They are reluctant sometimes to let others have that kind of authority, that kind of decision-making authority. They, they don't want to delegate as much of that authority as might be beneficial to the church. And, of course, when that happens, when elders make all or nearly all of the decisions in a local church, the eldership can become a bottleneck. And, by the way, the growth of others can be stunted. That's right. Now, having said that, there is no doubt that elders have decision-making authority. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they could do their work as overseers without being able to make decisions and decide what direction 
they're going to go. Oh, I agree with that. I, I, I certainly believe decision-making authority is implied in the role of an overseer, and, and it's implied in the role of a shepherd, too, even though we haven't discussed that term yet. Mm-hmm. I do think we could spend some quality time discussing some of the pitfalls elders sometimes fall into as decision-makers, but that might need to be for another day because, you know, decision-making is challenging at best sometimes. But while we're on this topic, actually, I want to give a shout-out and a big old plug to your new ECLU course that you have written on the role of elders. Where are we on that release date? What's the status? Thanks for mentioning that. Oh, you're so welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've shot the videos for that course, and they are now being edited. You look good. Oh, yeah. You were having a good hair day. (laughs) (laughs) And, And by the way, there are several modules in that course where I discuss just what you're talking about, pitfalls of elders and their decision-making, elders and authority in general, and and many, many other matters. When that course is ready and online, we'll send a shout-out to our listeners. I go into much more depth on the role of elders in that online course than we are doing in these podcasts. I'm really glad you have written that course because there's just a lot to being an elder, and we often don't talk about it very much or give resources. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know that we want to discuss two more specific duties of elders as they provide spiritual oversight, but don't you think we might want to save those comments for our next podcast? Yeah, I think so, too. Let's save those other two duties of elders for, for next week's episode. Uh, you know, I do want to mention that we just dropped two new field guides into the Effective Church Leaders University. Some of our listeners might want to check them out. They are entitled Steps to Becoming More Like Jesus and Guiding Principles for Your Church. And to access those and other resources in the university, go to EffectiveChurchLeaders.com and click the Get Access button on the homepage. I think church leaders would find those how-to manuals to be very helpful. And of course, that's what we want to do. We want to help church and ministry leaders become better informed, more confident, more effective in the work of the Lord. And with that, we'll close this episode and say thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to see you next week. 